holy guacamole. <laughs> Hello, my little guacamole friends. It's Harlan Williams here on the Harlan Highway. Uh, great to have you along for the ride. Uh, we are going to be talking about some very in-depth things today. Uh, a new type of torture. Maybe not new. It is a type of torture that I think you might have experienced. You've, you've been tortured, and you might not know it. I've been tortured. It happened to me just the other day. Oh, it's, 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 ugh. wait till you hear about it. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about, did I get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I got something even better. Wait till you hear what I got. Uh-huh. I'm puffing my chest out. Wait till you hear what I got, gang, here in Hollywood. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Thrill of my life. Can hardly contain it. And then lastly, we are going to be talking about differences in music, differences in taste, differences in generations. What's happening to music? Where's it going? Has the depth in music, in songwriting, in in lyrics disappeared? Do people know what it is anymore? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it real, real deep right here on the Harlan Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. Riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Before you slip into unconsciousness, I'd like to have another kiss. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Are you are you digging that man? Are you digging the little doors right off the top? To me, one of the sexiest, most romantic lines in rock and roll that I've ever heard. I mean, it, it might just be me, but um I just love that line, man. Before you slip into unconsciousness, I'd like to have another kiss. For me, it just it, it it's like you know, two people together, man and a woman, and uh, you know they've been laying together all night, or they've been making out all night, or they're in the afterglow of lovemaking, or maybe they had a drink, or they're sitting by the candlelight, they're camping. I don't know what it is, but slipping into unconsciousness could either mean two things to me. Maybe they're really drunk, which might be the case with Jim Morrison, who sang this, by the way, with the doors, or it just might be drifting off to sleep. But either way, 
before you slip into unconsciousness. I'd like to have another kiss. Yeah, I, that's why he sings it and I don't. But so here's here's why I brought it up. Okay, hanging out with a friend recently. And, you know, this friend was uh, a little younger than me. You know, a dec- little over a decade younger than me. And uh, we were just goofing around, shooting the breeze, whatever. And uh, I just blurted out this tune. It came in my head, and I was like, before you, you know. And she just looked at me. She's like, what the hell is that? Like, kind of laughed at it and was like, huh? What the heck? What is that song? What is that? What are those words you're mumbling? And I'm like, what? You've never heard that? And she was like, no. I was like, okay, it's the doors. It's a little older. I said, well, listen, it's it's like the most romantic, like, like passionate singing and lyrics. And, and so I sang that part to her again. And she's just like, I don't know. I don't get it. And I said, okay, well, you know, maybe you don't get it, but it's an amazing song. It's like, it's way better than that stuff you got today where everyone's singing like, I got my bitch in the club. I want my drink in the club. I got to go to the club because I got money and bitches in the club, right? Everyone's singing about the club, the club, the fucking club. Like, where is this club? They, 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 all these singers, Justin Bieber and Fiddy Scent and all the rappers, J-Lo, everyone's in the club. Get my ass out on the floor in the club. Uh, how many of you listening, like, did you go to the club? And I'm assuming they mean, like, the nightclub, obviously. Uh, how many of you does your world center around the club? Is that where you hang out? Do you, do you just... You know, as soon as work's done, I got to get to the club. I got to get my money and my bitches and my drink on at the club. Like, I'm, it, 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 it's so shallow. There's no depth to that. Who are these idiots? And Justin Bieber's like nine years old. What, what club is he getting into? Like the Romper Room Club or something? Hi, I, I'm here for the club. How old are you, son? Oh, well, I'm 42, sir. Well, come on in. Thank you. Did your voice just crack, son? No, not me. I'm 42. Okay, go ahead. Welcome to the club, player. Lean back, player. Oh, hell no. And uh, so, and then when I talked about the club and the bitches and the music and the drinking, my friend again looked at me very appalled and was like, whoa, whoa, easy. And I realized it was a generational thing. Like, like the club was, was a significant, like, was a real place, was, a, was, was something she could relate to in her head. And this, this song... By Jim Morrison, who many considered a poet. Some just considered like a, a ne'er-do-well drunk. But uh, nonetheless, I think his lyrics are provocative and 
passionate and inspirational and imaginative and conjure, conjure up imagery and tell stories and you know I think his that's what that's why Jim Morrison's lasted so long his legacy is you know his 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 writing his words his 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 singing I mean all these things there's a lot of richness there there's a lot of depth okay versus I'm going to hang in the club with my bitches in the club, you know? But what startled me is that this this friend of mine couldn't see it. This friend of mine was like, whatevs? You know, I'm, I'm done with this conversation. Let's go to the club. I need a drink at the club after this. I mean, God, this is intense. What, what, you, what poetic lyrics? What? Bummer, dude. Like, let's just get to the club with my bitches and let's get a drink on, player. <laughs> so here's what I'm talking about. Here's a song by Will I Am and Britney Spears. And listen to the depth of the lyrics here. And I know this song is just meant to be dancing and having fun, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because these songs proliferate the radio. That's all you hear on the radio nowadays is these songs about the Mo Folkin Club. And I'm 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 worried that that, that that you know younger people listening have no sense of depth or have no sense of poetry or something. When all they're being presented with is this meathead approach to song lyrics. And, and a lot of artists are doing it nowadays. Just from Justin Bieber to all these these people I mentioned, have a listen to some incredibly deep lyrics from Will I Am and Britney Spears. Bring the action. When you hear this in the club, you're gonna turn the shit up. You're gonna turn the shit up. You're gonna turn the shit up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. See the boys in the club. They watching us. So there you go. I want to scream and shout and let it out. When we in the club, we're going to turn this shit up. All eyes on us. Versus. Before you slip into unconsciousness, I'd like to have another kiss. Let's drink it up and let it blow at the club with Britney, bitch. I don't know. Am I an old curmudgeon? Am I am I being pompous? Am I being pretentious? Am I being judgmental? 
Or you're like, who the hell is he? I mean, Jesus Christ, who, seriously, who in the hell is he to make these kinds of statements and judgment calls? I mean, Jesus Christ, I tuned in to listen to a podcast, maybe have a few chuckles with this stupidity, and now I'm being submitted to this kind of mind game torture, tell me what to listen to? Oh, hell no! I'm going to the club with my bitches to get my drink on at the club with bitches and on the floor I'm getting. I'm getting on the floor because I'm very upset. I'm getting on the floor at the club with my bitches and my drinks on and my Britney's bitches. That's what I'm doing. Why? I don't want another kiss into unconsciousness. I want to be up all night at the club on the floor <laughs> with Britney bitch and the dancing and the bitches money and drink stuff. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> so there it is. I put it out for you. Maybe I'm a jackwad. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I'm just saying, boy, oh, boy, do I get worried when I when I see people, young people, any type of people that are mystified and baffled by poetic lyrics and things like that, but yet somehow relate and gravitate towards something that I perceive as fun to dance to and energetic, but really meaningless and sending the wrong message. I mean, encouraging people to be out at the club and, you know, what what's the club? That's where you basically go to get loaded and dance and maybe have a one-night stand and get herpes. Now, in full disclosure, Jim Morrison was a drunk and it killed him and he hung out in bars when he wasn't working. So, you know, who am I to say? But if we take away all that stuff and just leave the music and the words, I think I have a strong case here, Your Honor, for for poetic music and Jim Morrison and the Doors. So I'll leave it there. You decide. You're the listener. I'm so freaked out by this. I'm heading straight to the club to drink myself into unconsciousness. I just mixed them both. Good night, Nelly Furtado. Well, I am in Britney, bitch. Okay, Roger, thank you. To turn the music down, to turn it off. God. Okay, I've, we've finished that segment, Roger. Thank you for the music. Wow. Guy gives me the stink eye through the booth there. What are you so stink-eyed about? I just wanted you to turn the music down. Anyways, um, let's move on to something a little more celebratory. Huh? How about this, gang? If, if I can gloat for a minute here, okay? Many people come to Hollywood, such as myself, following their dreams and aspirations, and are like, oh, my God, if I could get my star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, incredible! Right? 
So, of course, anyone and everyone's probably dreamed of having their star on the Walk of Fame, whether you're in the entertainment industry or not. I mean, you could be a plumber and be like, holy crap. Oh, would I love to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Holy jumping crap. Which is also why I'm at this house plunging this toilet. Holy crap. Um, But anyways... After being in Hollywood for a while, you know, that kind of thing, you're like, whatever. You know, I mean, I I walk over the Walk of Fame to go to my gym, okay? I walk over, like, Charlie Chaplin's star and Bruce Willis's star. I mean, you you know, you you almost, when you're here, you're like, whatevs. But um, there was something else in Hollywood that, that almost became more important to me. And uh, I reached a milestone yesterday. Check this out. One of my favorite restaurants in Hollywood is a place called The Palms. Okay? This is like an old school, kind of has that mafia feel. You know, tin plates on the ceilings and uh, wooden booths with leather uh, chairs, leather booths. Um, you know, the, the wait staff is like usually like older men. That, that have made a career out of being waiters. You know, the maitre d' knows everyone's name. It's It's got the old bar. It's got the atmosphere and the vibe of, like, old-school Hollywood, old-school restaurant, a really well-lived-in restaurant. And they're famous for their giant lobsters, and that's why this is one of my favorite places. They have giant three, four, five, right up to ten-pound lobsters that they fly in from Nova Scotia every day or every week. And they know how to cook them just right. And when you want a lobster, man, this is where you go. And lobster's probably one of my favorite foods, okay? So when I found this place in Hollywood, I was like, welcome to heaven. I really loved it. And so now whenever I'm celebrating something big or special or, you know, it's a special occasion... This is where I go. And you only go there now and then because it's it's expensive as hell. You go with two people to eat and you're looking at, you know, almost 200 bucks, maybe more. Three pound, four pound, five pound lobsters don't come cheap. That ain't like ordering, uh, you know, a Cobb salad, boys and girls. You're talking 80, 90 bucks a pop for one of these pound puppies. But what's really amazing about this place is it's a very old restaurant, and in the restaurant, the walls are adorned with caricatures, caricatures of celebrities. These these are hand-drawn pictures of famous celebrities that have graced this restaurant over the decades. And it's amazing. They're still in their original state. They're, They're incredible drawings. Uh, you know, if, for those of you that don't know what a caricature is, it's like it's like someone does a really large drawing of a person's head, capturing their likeness pretty good, and then a little small uh, drawing of their body attached. It's very disproportionate. Um, so the walls are just plastered. Some of them are just heads. Some of them are heads with the bodies. Some of them are go on a bit more. Someone riding a bike. Someone fishing. But mostly it's just heads. And these paintings date back a long way. There's there's paintings of uh, 
of Jerry Lewis. There's paintings of, of O.J. Simpson. There's paintings of Farrah Fawcett. There's paintings of Paul Newman. I mean, everyone and anyone who, who was a star or is a celeb goes into this place. And uh, there's their picture up on the wall. You're eating your lobster, you know, looking up at Sylvester Stallone. Or, uh, you know, Chris Farley or Mike Myers. It's, it's, it's a great place. I love it. And I always thought, man... Imagine if my pitcher was up here one day. Good old Harley Williams. Right? Up there amongst all the all the celebs, Farrah Fawcett, me and Farrah Fawcett. The smell of lobster shells crunching up our nose. So check it out. Yesterday, one of my managers takes me to dinner. Okay? We sit down in the booth, and he goes, Harlan, look up. I look up, there's me looking back down at me, okay? I'm, my face, my head is up on, not the wall, but the ceiling, which is also filled with faces of the Palm Restaurant. I can't tell you how elated I was. I don't know why. It just was so fun to be there. I was like, this is my Star Walk of Fame moment. This this is I've arrived after 25 years in Hollywood. I've finally really just got here. I've made it, man. I'm gonna be hovering over people, looking down at them eating lobster. I'm gonna be over them. I've got a cleavage shot here. I'm right over. I can look down all kinds of celebrities' tops, men and women, fat dudes with cleavage, beautiful starlets. You know, I could be looking down Angelina Jolie's top from my spot on the ceiling while she stuffs a four-pound lobster in her face with those parrotfish lips of hers. So how about that? Does that sound dumb or what? I'm all, listen to me, I'm all excited because there's a cartoon of me in a lobster joint. And yeah, I'm kind of being tongue in cheek here, but I got to tell you, it was it was actually, in all honesty, it was a real thrill. It it tickled me pink. I hugged the maitre d like four times. I was like, dude, it really made me happy. I think because it's so silly. It's a cartoon head of me in a lobster restaurant. <laughs> But just with the company it was in and the fact that I love lobster and it's my favorite place where I've I've literally gone to this place to celebrate many things. You know, when I closed the deal for Rocket Man, when I've closed other movie deals or TV deals, it's like, we're going to the Palm. And I have my one buddy, Matt, who every year uh, on our birthdays, we we have a kind of a ritual where I take him for lobster for his birthday. And then when it's my birthday, he takes me. We're buddies. Uh, so it's a great place, and uh, I was tickled pink, and uh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. They like me. They really like me. <laughs> so next time you're at Red Lobster, just make sure you wear a high-cut top and look up before you dig into your meal because I just might be hovering right over you. Yeah. 
I'm Harlan, bitch. Okay. Thank you, Roger. Uh, speaking of bitch, speaking of bitches, Roger, turn off the music. What is wrong with you? I know you're adding flair, but for God's sakes, go, go to the club or something. God, and don't flip me off. I saw that. God, insubordinance here. Uh, speaking of bitches, whoa, let, let's talk about a real juicy bitch, okay? A real juicy bitch. How many of you, and this is probably one of the worst things in the world, next to rolling your car and flipping it 12 times on the freeway. How many of you have gone to get in your shower, you're prepping to go to work, you're prepping to go out for the evening, you're prepping to go on a date, whatever you're doing, you've been at the gym and you're sweaty and you got to get in that shower and get clean, you get in there and you turn the water on and you're waiting for the water to get warm because sometimes it takes like, you know, anywhere from 5 to 30 seconds depending on your your house and your plumbing. And that water never gets warm. Oh, my God, it just stays cold. And you're waiting and you're waiting and five minutes go by and the water's running and you're like, what the hell? I got to be at a meeting in an hour, man. And you realize something is wrong with your plumbing and there ain't no hot water. And this is even worse when it's in the winter. If it's in the summer, you're like, man, it's boiling outside. Give me that cold water. But when it's, when it's, when it's uncomfortable out, oh, God. And you're like, well, what do I do? Do I stink? Do I go with greasy hair? Do I go with dirty armpits to my meeting out on my date? Or do I wander into the freeze fest? <laughs> so cold. <laughs> Must get clean. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> Must shampoo. <laughs> Must condition my hair. <gasps> Must Irish spring my armpits and my butt crack. <laughs> right? Holy God. It's like waterboarding, man. It's like torture me. Some... What, can I get some uh, CIA guys to escort me into my shower? Can I get some guys uh, who run a Turkish prison to grab uh, an arm on each side and throw me in the shower, please? Wow. It is brutal, man. And you feel that water, that freezing water pounding down on your skull? It's like it goes right through your hair and somehow you can feel every frozen drop on your skull and into your brain. And your skin's all clammy and full of goose pimples. And your posture, you're all shriveled up like an old man or an old lady. You're sucking in your gut and you got your shoulders hunched in and you're squeezing your boobs together and you're crouching your nutbag between your legs i don't know oh man oh man indeed horrible one of the most horrible things in life i'd almost take rolling my minivan eight times through the air down the freeway over that torture i mean come on man how can i go to the club and get out on the floor 
if I'm not showered up and smelling and looking good. Roger, that was your cue. What do you mean? I said out on the floor at the class, and now, now you miss the music? All these times you've been putting it in when I don't want it, and now you miss the music. And stop flipping me off, dude. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what's wrong with Roger today, man? Well, anyways, I don't have time to figure that out because we are at the end of the show, Schnurdle Blurgens and Gavlurgen Durgens. Um, hope you had a good time here today. Some good, important discussions. Uh, don't forget, gang, if you want to uh, check me out live, this is hot. I am going to be at the club in Florida, at the comedy club, by the way, uh, on the floor or on the stage. And I might have a drink on the little stool on the comedy stage. But I will be at the Hard Rock uh, Casino, the Improv Comedy Club in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, from uh, March Uh, Sorry, from February 28th until March 3rd. And uh, and then the following weekend, gang, I will be at the Addison Improv in Dallas, Texas, March 7th to the 10th. Yeah, that's the town where uh, JFK took, took one in the head. I know. Hilarious place to do comedy. Um, I'm here on Assassination Boulevard. These two presidents walk into a parade. Hello. Uh, So come and check me out in Florida, in Dallas. Uh, Don't forget, you can download my brand-new stand-up comedy special, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature. It's the one where I'm in the middle of the desert on a hill in broad daylight doing my stand-up. It's incredible. I'm very happy with it. I think you'll like it, too. Uh, You can get that at iTunes as a digital download. Or if you want a hard copy, come to my website, harlanwilliams.com, and uh, get that sent out to you right away, player. Uh, You can write me at harlanwilliams.com. You can uh, call, leave a message at 323-739-4330. Check out our web store, harlanwilliams.com. And also check out my stand-up schedule. I might be coming to a town or city near you. Uh, That's it, gang. Uh, Great show. Well, pompous for me to say, but uh, good show. I hope you liked it. And uh, thanks for being here. And until next time, my friends, I will be at the lobster restaurant, not ordering lobster, but this time ordering a great big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby! Well, we-